Hi, hello. Welcome to another edition of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is Josh Bowe, one of the many editors over at MavsMoneyball.com. This is a Kirkless edition of the podcast tonight, as Kirk, being on the East Coast, this is a later game. Uh, he has some other things going on, so he's going to have the night off tonight. So it is me, along with the uh, first time on the podcast, is uh, MMB staff writer kevin stump kevin how are you doing staff writer sounds fun i'm doing great i'm doing great how are you i'm doing awesome i know it sounds way more important than it actually is huh staff writer. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> well kevin thanks for joining me tonight it is a it is a little bit of a late game with the mavs playing in mexico city uh playing against the pistons they beat the pistons 122 to 111 a pretty fun game, especially the Mavs having three days off. Everyone was starting to get some withdrawals. So it was not only nice to see the Mavs come back, it was nice to see them win by double digits and have some pretty fun plays in the process. Uh, I have some general thoughts, but Kevin, I thought I'd kick it to you. Kind of what's your what's your main takeaway from this game for you? Sure, sure. It's I think my main takeaway is just the uh, lightning-like ability for this team to kind of blow somebody out out of nowhere. I had to step out for just a couple of minutes during the second quarter. And when I came back, we were in the nineties and they were in the sixties. It got ugly. It got ugly quick when I turned it back on the third, when, when Seth Curry is shooting at all, like he shot tonight, this team is hard, hard to beat. Yeah. Uh, if anyone's been following the podcast or following my writing on the site, I'm obviously very pleased with uh, Seth Curry, everyone in our Slack, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was, was very aware of Seth having a good game and making sure that I knew about it. Uh, obviously, you know, Seth, 30 points, 11 of 15 from the field, uh, six and nine from three. Rebound. Yeah, he, he was, it was, and four assists, two steals. Like it was a well rounded performance from Seth tonight. Obviously, the yeah. probably the biggest. Oh, go ahead, Kevin. I was going to say that's a, that's a superstar game if you're not, uh, if you don't have Luka Doncic on your team. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and I mean, I think all season we've been kind of wondering, like, hey, the Mavs have not only the best offense in the NBA, they have the best offense in NBA history with their offensive numbers. And Seth really hasn't given them much. I mean, he perked before tonight. He had perked up in the last couple of games. He'd finally got his three-point shooting, I think, up to 38% entering tonight. But that's a far cry from from what he did last year and then what he did in his one season playing with the Mavs where he was well over 40. So you just kind of felt like, man, this this offense is amazing we've never seen as one as good as this but could it get better and i think tonight is kind of like i guess it could because you've got another guy that's capable of going off like curry so when tim hardaway jr returns to earth yeah go ahead tim tim hardaway jr and christophs are both 0 for 5 from three this is and this team still put up 122 points easy just just running away with it seth isn't going to shoot six of nine every night but this team, this team can score like this every night. Some somebody can do it. Yeah, I think that's the big theme from this team is that I, I think some people have been writing about it. I kind of touched on it on a piece I wrote today. I think you hit the nail on the head that like you know the big story going into the season was who's the Mavs' third best player, or who's their fourth best, or even fifth best. You know, it seemed like after Luca and KP, you know, it was a roster of of solid guys, but not guys that you would say these are unequivocally you know starting caliber players for a playoff team. And the funny part is they've mostly been playing to their career norm. But the thing is, is that it turns out having like a stable of like six to eight guys that are like could be the fifth best or sixth best player on a playoff team is pretty nice to have because it's just an all right. they just kind of alternate between who's going to have the good night. 
like you said, tonight it was Seth. It wasn't Tim Hardaway Jr. And, you know, maybe tomorrow Dwight Powell has like 18 points. Maybe, you know, the next, uh, excuse me, not tomorrow, but the next game. And then maybe the game after that, Kleba hits like three threes. Like it seems like every night the, the, the top contributor outside of Luca or KP is almost like a kind of spin the, spin the wheel and, and see what happens, which is, which is kind of cool. Like it, it just seems like the Maverick, it makes it feel like what the Mavericks are doing are, is sustainable because it's not like they're getting some crazy outlier performance from like Justin Jackson or something. Right, right. It's just, yeah, like you said, having a stable of this many solid guys that Carlisle can go to every night. And obviously we didn't have DeLon Wright tonight, so that's one one other guy that we've got. Um, I mean, Hardaway had two points. At, <laughs> Justin Jackson had two points, and this team still can score like this. And And part of the reason why I think it's sustainable is I don't necessarily know that these guys care when they don't have big nights. I think it was Kirk that mentioned in the Slack that these guys all really seem like they've bought in. They seem like they're really enjoying themselves and enjoying being on a winning team, even if they are scoring two points. Yeah, that's a great point. And especially like these guys aren't like heavy usage guys, like Doran Finney-Smith and and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Seth Curry and Brunson and Jack. Like these are all guys that are not like, I need the ball, you know, so such and such so many times a game. Like a lot of these guys are just are totally fine because for most of their careers, they've either been like, spot up guys on offense and defensive guys on the other end, like Jackson or, or Dorian Finney Smith and like Curry and Brunson, you throw them a pick and roll bone every now and then when they're on the bench, when Luke is not in the game, but otherwise, you know, these guys historically for their careers have not been like huge high usage guys. So it's really kind of a perfect compliment to Luca that, you know, these guys really don't, they don't need the ball to be effective. You know, guys like Kleba and Dwight Powell, they just want to set screens and, and spot up. Like, no one's really demanding the ball. And, and like you said, it's it's pretty great to see a team just kind of effortlessly play, you know, team basketball. Um, I think another thing, obviously, that you uh, you noted on, you talked about how quickly the Mavericks can just kind of run away with a game. And, and it kind of happened tonight, you know, in the third quarter. That was just a really impressive run from them in the third quarter because, you know, they kind of got down in the first half and, and Detroit, you know, they entered this game 10 and 14, 10 and 14 in the East. So this is a game the Mavs really have to win, especially when you look at their schedule coming up. So it was nice to see that they didn't totally play with their food throughout the whole game. Uh, that, right. that run in the third quarter, you know, and Kristaps had a noop and Dwight Powell had a noop on back-to-back plays. Like it was like Showtime Lakers all-star game kind of stuff in the third quarter. Like, what did you think of that that kind of run? I, it was just just super super impressive, and I <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the box score right now, and Kristaps having 20 points, eight rebounds, three blocks, and not making a three pointer. It just shows to uh, shows what he can bring to this team when he's attacking, and he he kind of got that way in this game. I mean, sad as it is to say, having Blake Griffin check him at the three-point line kind of makes it easy for Kristaps to get by him and get to the basket. But once his shot wasn't falling, he started moving inside. He was shooting seemingly less of his uh, little turnaround kind of terrible shots that all of us have been harping on. It's just, I mean, this to me was one of his most effective offensive games, even though he didn't hit a single three. Yeah. And those it, it's crazy. Cause those, most of those threes I felt like were pretty good spot up looks. Uh, so yeah, it, yeah. He it, took good shots. Yeah. It feels like it's just a matter of time before those start going in. And like you said, yeah, he was on the move, you know, he caught uh, an oop from Luca. Um, he, he, he's seeming seemingly moving better off the ball when Luca has the ball in his hands as every game, it just seems like that connection is getting stronger and stronger. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
The dunk against Andre Drum- Andre Drummond was pretty spectacular. Yeah, the dunk against Andre Drummond that was avenging Christian Wood killing Maxi Kleber earlier in the game. So KP <laughs> had to get Drummond back for him. Yeah, and that dunk just felt good just to see because you know Kristaps is still kind of working his way back mentally and physically, and that that looked like the kind of play that was like, okay, like I, I'm back. Like I, you know, I'm sure yeah. it's felt like that already because he hasn't really seem too hampered physically but mentally it's got to be tough coming back from that long layoff like for him to have a play like that it must have i hope it, it just gave him a bolt of confidence like yeah i can i can feel confident in my knees you know i can feel confident in my body and i can do the things i was doing before i got hurt i think he i think he looks good physically and we've talked about gordon hayward and paul george coming back from their injuries and things like that and it just once once the physicality is back it still is going to take some time to just regain your feel from everything and yeah, catching a body like that is gonna is gonna speed things up. Yeah, definitely. Um, otherwise, you know, it was it was a pretty solid night. Uh, if we had to say, like, look at some of the so the downsides of this game, there weren't uh, too many. You know, the Mavericks kind of fell into a hole early. I think they were down nine two the first time out was called by Rick pretty early in the first quarter, uh, which is tough. You know, the Mavericks have been pretty good about uh, kind of getting rid of those awful starts they had, like the first five or six games of the season, they were just getting out to some really dreadful starts in the first quarter and the third quarter, you know, start the second yeah. half. And they've kind of cleaned that up. So it kind of stunk to see that kind of return tonight. But they they got their they got their S together a little bit there after that timeout. Uh, and then, you know, after that really huge third quarter run, they kind of just let Detroit back into the game. I thought this was going to be another game where, you know, Luca has a huge run and they get up by 15 and the bench comes in and, and pads the lead to like 22 in the fourth so that Luca never has to come back into the game. But, you know, the bench kind of let go of the rope a little bit and Luca had to come back into the game. It never got dire. Like, you know, it never, I think it got to nine was the closest. So it was never. With yeah, it, it never one. got dire, but it, it still was frustrating for sure. And I, I mean, it's, <laughs> I think it was Jordan in the Slack mentioned, uh, he's sick of sick of this Mavericks team making these Morris twins look like they're all stars, and and Morris had 16 points in 17 minutes, I think six of eight. Just and he was just taking pretty good in rhythm shots that weren't necessarily checked as well as they should have been because I think we had kind of let off the gas a little bit. But once they saw it get below 10 pretty quickly, they figured out you know, we we can't let these guys back into it, and they they took care of business. Yeah, like you look at Detroit's bench, uh, Morris 3 of 5 from 3, Derrick Rose 5 of 10 from 3. Uh, the bench's defense just really wasn't there, and, and when you play Seth Curry and Jalen Brunson off the bench, you know, that's a backcourt. You know, I like Seth as a defender in terms of like as a team defender. Uh, I think he typically makes the right play and tries to put himself in the right position, and he's got really good hands. He gets deflections. But obviously, you know, you pair him with Jalen Brunson, like that's just physically not a very imposing defensive. Yeah, you're, you're giving up some things by by running those two guys out there together. Yeah, and it, it felt like Detroit was very comfortable. You know, not necessarily. You know, they were just they kind of dribbled to where they wanted to go without much, uh, you know, pressure from the Mavericks, and they kind of got the shots they wanted. Um, yeah. and that kind of led and them back I, into the game. I, I think. Uh, Jalen's plus minus kind of backs up what we're talking about here. He played 15 minutes. And he was a minus 20 in, in a game that was a blowout. Yeah, that's a shame because he's he's been having some good performances over the last couple of weeks. So uh, yeah, I didn't he, I didn't think he looked bad, but it, it, his size is just going to be a problem. Yeah, especially if they do these bench lineups where you know it's Seth and it's Jalen, and when you take and you know if KP's not in, you know you've got Kleba, and Kleba is I don't know if it, if if he's having a, a 
down to earth season defensively in terms of guarding the rim. Like his block numbers are down a little bit. Like his block rate is not as high as last year. Uh, I wonder, you know, and so when you've got Kleba and he's not blocking shots at the rate that he was last year, and then you've got your small bench, it can the bench can be kind of at a disadvantage sometimes, you know, defensively. Yeah, I I think Maxi's kind of been shifted down down a spot in the rotation a little bit on on both sides of the ball. He's he's probably best used as a center, but he seems to be playing power forward a lot. And uh, on, on offense, obviously, he's he's jacking up threes a little more than he was last year. But I think on defense, he's he's playing in there next to another big a lot of the time. And maybe he's, he can still block shots. Maybe he's just not close enough to the rim. And yeah, you're right. His minutes have, you know, he, he's probably not been as high a minute guy. I think as some people maybe wanted, wanted him to be. What is he? He was, I think he's at 24 minutes a game, which seems about right. But yeah, he definitely has some games where he's only playing like 16, 17, 18. And, you know, Dwight Powell's playing 30 and that makes a lot of people mad. Even though I don't know what what else to say, like Powell, just when he's on the floor with Luca, the Mavericks are like Galaxy Brain offense. Like it's just yeah, Dwight was, just he was great tonight. He's he really really does open a lot of things up when he's out there. Yeah, and Powell guarded Blake Griffin tonight, and we have to give you know Powell some credit. Griffin had a pretty lousy game. Griffin didn't seem all yeah. too into it tonight, but like you know, good for Powell staying in front of him and, and not having to make KP, you know, guard out the three point line. Cause Griffin likes to hang out there a lot more now. So I, I thought yeah, that let's was a nice talk develop. about Blake for a minute. Um, yeah. Did you, did you happen to see the, the pregame where, where Luca and Blake gave their little speeches to the crowd? Yeah, it was kind of, I didn't really hear what Blake said, but it was kind of funny how like Luca gets up there and is speaking in Spanish and the crowd is like, like, Oh, this is awesome. And, and then Blake kind of got the, Mike and dude, it was like the energy level dropped like percent. He had this look on his face when Lucas started speaking Spanish. I don't know if he didn't know or just wasn't expecting it, but he was like, "Oh, come on! I I have to follow this 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 young superstar is playing to these crowd this crowd in their own language." So <laughs> when he took when he took the microphone from Luca, he was basically like, "Thanks, bro. Appreciate it." And <laughs> essentially said, "Yeah, thanks for welcoming welcoming us to your city. Uh, the NBA loves you. Let's have a good game." And I just thought it was it was funny. It was like Blake was one of the biggest stars, both on the court and off the court. And I, I think Luke is probably heading that direction. And it was in a literal baton pass moment when he handed the microphone to him. But if we're talking about Blake on the court, yeah, I wrote the preview for this for for the website. And I, I one of my one of my things to watch for was what is Blake Griffin in 2019? What is Blake Griffin in 2019? What are they doing with him? Is he ever going to get back to what he was? He was, he played 30 minutes tonight and was awful. It was awful. Yeah. Um, he's kind of had a, like a, a strange kind of career change. Like he was not known as a shooter. Then last year he hit 36% of his threes and he was taking like seven or eight a game. And this year, he, yeah, this year it's, it's, it's gone down from, from pretty bad. And it, it seems like every, you know, every year that, the athleticism and the burst just doesn't seem to be there. So, you know, he can't play five cause he can't really guard the rim that well. And he, if he's not shooting like he shot last year, then it's really tough to play him at the four. So he's kind of like, it's kind of like a man without a position right now. Yeah, it, I, I know he's coming back from an injury, but yeah, say he gets back to essentially a hundred percent healthy for what he is now. What What's his best case scenario? Can he be 80% of what he used to be? Yeah. You just got to hope. Can he get back to what he was last year? Cause he had a good season last year, but you hope that yeah, injury yeah. didn't, didn't mess things up. Like he's got to basically, you just got to hope he gets his three point shot back up. Cause that's, that's, what's going to keep him being, you know, 
an effective, you know, all-star level kind of player right now. Because if he doesn't have that, then he doesn't have the explosive game that he had when he was in Los Angeles. He's still a great passer. He's got like a really high basketball IQ, I think. Uh, but yeah, if he doesn't have a three-point shot, he can't play five because he can't guard the rim. He can't really guard, you know, he can't really guard wings all that well either. So he just he kind of had. If he doesn't have a three-point shot, he looks really awkward out there. And yeah, he didn't have yeah. it tonight, and it looked weird. Um, it's you funny you talking about the the Luca and Blake microphone thing. It was almost like like a at a wedding and like the best man or the bridesmaid, whoever goes first, <laughs> just absolutely crushes it, and then it's whoever whoever has to go second the maid of honor or the you know the best man whoever has to go second has to take the mic and be like all right well yeah um, you better just cut it short at that point yeah um well honestly i don't know if there's anything else um for me i think we covered everything i wanted to cover uh kevin is there anything else from this game that you wanted to to touch on before we wrap it up tonight the only other thing that that worried me coming in into the game that ended up not being a problem was DeLon being out with, with how decently Derrick Rose and Luke Kennard have played this season. Decently to good probably is, is fair. And it just wasn't a problem tonight. Um, Rose was pretty good again. He's impressing me that he can still do this. I, I just I know he's had a good last couple of years, but it's just kind of strange to see him after what he was for two or three years. Um, Kennard had a bad game, but yeah, I, I was worried about our lack of defense. And, and like we were talking about Jalen's plus minus, it was an issue, but Man, Detroit's guards behind those two are, are just so so bad that it, it just didn't didn't matter for us tonight. But yeah, other than that, it's just just another good win before a, a real tough stretch of the schedule. So we needed this win and we got it. Yeah, you, we before we go, we should. I mean, everyone kind of has this, this part of the schedule been circled for a while, but we really have to hit it home before we go. Uh, so the now the next game Saturday uh, against Miami and Miami is great this year. Then Monday at Milwaukee, obviously Milwaukee, one of the best in the league. Uh, Wednesday, uh, home against Boston, and you know another top four team in the East. Uh, and then Friday at Philadelphia, then Sunday at Toronto. I mean, that's, that's the tough. five best I, teams in the East and five of the best, what, 12 to 15, you know, 12 teams in the NBA, at, at least. Like, that's a, yeah, that's a crazy gauntlet. For these next four, anyway, I know Miami and Milwaukee both have better records than we do. I think Boston has the same record we do. Philly has a better record than us. Toronto's real close. It's going to be these. We know Eastern Conference, whatever. These are these are five really really good basketball teams. Um, yeah, if Dallas runs through these with five wins, we know we're in for a treat. But uh, <laughs> it seems doubtful, and this is it's going to be a tough stretch. Yeah, I think like I would be happy with two and three, to be honest. Like, that yeah, would be, yeah, you know, I just, would too. I really want to beat Boston. I don't know why, but I do. <laughs> well, that last game was was pretty tough when uh, at Boston. Yeah, um, the Mavericks had a chance to to get a steal there, and they just didn't they didn't hold on. But yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun to watch. It's always good to have these measuring stick games, and the Mavs get five of them in a row. So. It's, yeah, two on ESPN, I think. So it, it's going to be a big stretch. Yeah, two on ESPN, one on NBA TV. So not only yeah, everyone's going to get a good look. And my favorite, when the Mavs are on national TV and they get absolutely trounced and I have to turn off Twitter yeah, yeah. because everyone's tweeting about how bad the Mavs <laughs> suck. A tradition dating back to 2003, basically, for me. Um, yeah, well, it happens. Yeah. Well, Kevin, thanks for hopping on. Kind of last minute. I, I appreciate it. You're welcome. It. No problem. Yeah, this is great. And everyone else, thank you for... Uh, tuning in to another post-game MMB After Dark. We've got 
post-game coverage on the site right now. We will probably have some more further analysis as we go throughout the week. And of course, with all these really prime matchups coming up in the next you know seven days or so, uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about, a lot to write about. So keep checking the site. Uh, again, this is Josh Bow, uh, Kevin Stump. Thanks again uh, for for hopping on, and we will see you uh, Saturday night after the Mavericks play Miami. <laughs>